Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 50. This is so crazy. I can't believe we made it to 50 already. Uh, but I couldn't do, I couldn't get to 50 without you guys. So I want to give everybody who supports and listens to the podcast a big thank you. Um, everyone that's reached out to me, supports the podcast, asked questions, brought up topics for me. It's because of you that I'm able to uh, continue producing this podcast. I have a lot of fun doing it and I love talking to all of you. Uh, if you're a new listener or if you haven't done so already and you want to support the podcast, um, all you have to do is leave the podcast a nice review, uh, leave me a five-star rating, subscribe to the podcast, uh, share it to, to other photographers and your friends. Uh, and let them know about the podcast. This might be something they'd be interested in. And uh, just help me reach out to uh, more listeners. So thank you guys for your continuous support. Um, had a fun weekend shooting a wedding. Um, I talked about this on the Facebook group, but this weekend we shot a wedding where we had agreed to not post any of the photos on social media, on our blog, on our website, um, anything like that. Basically, we are not going to be using these photos to promote our work, um, which is fine. Uh, the couple asked us nicely if that was something that they could do, and uh, we don't get that asked uh, too often, so it really didn't... Um, it, it didn't really affect us as far as a promotional content, but. Um, the wedding was really awesome. All the locations were so cool. Everything looked so amazing. And it's, it, it, again, we had a ton of fun, but it's, it, it made it really hard to like process those images and know that we're not going to be able to, uh, share them with anyone. So I asked about this on the Facebook group. I loved hearing what you guys thought about that and what, what you guys would do in that situation. But yeah, again, it's really hard, um, to look at these amazing pictures and know that we can't share them with anyone. So, uh, that part was really hard, but other than that, we had a really great time. Um, it was a really fun weekend. Uh, the wedding uh, involved going to all these different locations, and it ended at a brewery. It was it was just a really fun uh, weekend. So, yeah, I hope everybody had a good weekend shooting weddings. Uh, this week on the podcast, I invited Brandy Potter to come on. Uh, Brandy Potter is a panelist for WPPI this year. And I found her work through Rangefinder Magazine, um, started following her, and she just has a really uh, distinct style and look with her lighting and the things that she does with her couples. It's what drew me to her photography. Uh, and I started talking to her, and, and um, she agreed to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about what she's been doing, talk about social media. Um, we also talked about uh, her website and working with SEO, and she gave a lot of, a lot of help advice and tips uh, for you guys so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode with brandy potter So I saw, um, I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, I found you through, um, through, uh, rangefinder. 
Um, I was talking to Libby Peterson. Uh, she's an editor over at Rangefinder, and uh, she they they suggested uh, having you on the podcast. So that's how that's why I decided to reach out to you. Um, yeah, <laughs> very nice of them. Um, I was it before or after WPPI because um, I feel like it was really awkward. No, it was after WPPI. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I talked to them after WPPI. Um, okay. But yeah, I was looking at your work, and, and one of the things that drew me to you was your work. I really love your style. You have like a, a real, like, uh, you know, it's just very different. Like, I like the way that you look at light and put your your uh, couples in all these, like, different situations. I'm not talking necessarily, like, you have a very specific style, and I love that style, but it's also, like, what you do with your couples that drew me to you. I really, I really like that. You're very creative. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I taught light in Italy last week at a workshop, and, like, the main thing I told them was that I spent an entire year putting myself in uncomfortable positions with light just so I would be better at it um, because, you know, like starting out, everyone's really afraid of different types of light that's not like golden hour. So I wanted to make sure that I could actually like, you know, run a business and not be afraid of going into different lighting situations. Yeah. So. I like I that. Yeah, no, I appreciate I, that. Yeah, I like that you said you put yourself in uncomfortable situations because I feel like yeah. that's that's a very perfect way to push yourself creatively, right? Because then you have to like look at things in a different way. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean that's probably the best thing I did, honestly, for my business because now I can like look at light patches on the floor and be like, oh, go lay in that patch right now, um, mm -hmm. or like harsh light is really fun for me to work in. So. Yeah. You have it's, a you have a very specific photo that that stood out to me. It's the one where um, the the bride and groom, I'm assuming, they're laying on the ground with their heads like opposite ways, yeah. and and the shadows going across the groom's eyes, right? So you can't see his eyes, and then but uh, but it's only going across the bride's uh, mouth. So yeah. like I feel like that speaks a lot. Like I was when I saw that photo, I was thinking to myself um, how I would have put them in that situation or like if I would have even seen that I, I think I would have like you know the way my brain works I feel like I would have put it across both their mouths or something different yeah. you know but I feel like you're telling a very different story choosing to do that so that's what I mean like I like how you look at things a little bit different honestly that photo it was just easier to have them laying opposite ways the way the floor was because it was a yeah. very small chapel and I was just like hey do you guys want to get dirty before your ceremony like and she's an old friend like I cheered with her in high school and like my brother dated his sister, so I've known both of them for like, you know, 15 years. So yeah. they both trusted me enough to like lay on this dirty old floor. Um, and it just like happened to work out like when I laid them down that, you know, his eyes were covered yeah. because she has really bright blue eyes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I don't mind if his face is covered. Yeah. I mean, most of the time the focus, yeah. I mean, we, 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 you know, we, we do, uh, put focus on the grooms, but you know, I feel like, it's, yeah. uh, I tend to put a, a big focus on, on the bride. It's like their, their special day. Right. Well, for me, it was just her eyeballs. Like I really like blue eyes. Mm -hmm. So I try to highlight those, yeah. you know, as much as possible. Yeah. So, and her, like, I don't know, she, was just really blessed with genes like her whole family was so <laughs> yeah well that's, 
risky decision. That photo really stood out. It's an awesome photo on top of all of your work, of course. Thank you. Um, so uh, I want I, I want to get a little bit more background about you. I did see that uh, you recently moved out here to Los Angeles. Is that correct? I'm working on the move. I'm switching over my SEO and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm out here for a wedding this weekend in Malibu, but um, I don't live here yet. Uh-huh. I'm just like working on getting out here because I want to be smart about the move. I just don't want to like pick up and leave yeah. um, when I, I'm not like established here yet. Um, I do work a lot on the West coast. So it's one of the major benefits of living here. Yeah. But LA is like my happy place. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trying to move out here slowly and be smart and, you know, not jump into anything too quickly. So, so- so are you planning on moving specifically to Los Angeles or? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't picked like the area. I really love Pasadena. So hopefully I can find a place I can afford in Pasadena. Um, you know, I have another friend in Redlands, so like I can live with him too, but um, I would prefer not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's a little farther out yeah. from Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that far. Like I'm just going to like, when I do move, I'm just going to load my car up and move. Yeah. Um, and leave everything else in Kentucky because yeah. I don't want to deal with anything so, else. So were you born and raised in Kentucky? Yeah. I grew up in like southeastern Kentucky and uh, Appalachia. So it's, <laughs> it's quite the adjustment because I am one of the only people I know that has like left the area. Yeah. And I travel quite a bit. And there are like people from back home are always like amazed that I travel so much. I'm just like, all you have to do is buy a plane ticket. Um, and leave yeah. you know, the mountains and you can do this too. But yeah, um, I left as soon as I could. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah. so how long, how long ago did you start, uh, or give us a little bit more background about getting into the wedding photography industry. So I was in school for fashion design and merchandising. Um, and then my best friend from high school was pregnant and she needed maternity photos done. And she was like, Hey, can you like come up and do some photos for me because you're creative? And her mom had like a D90, I think it was. It was like an old Nikon. And this was in 2012. So I like, I went home and I did the photos and I really loved it. So, like, when I got back to Nashville, I immediately bought a camera and started bugging every person I knew to take photos of them and then shot my first wedding within a year for a friend, like a coworker's friend. Um, and that's basically how I started. Like I hated weddings for like the first 20 or so weddings. Cause after that first wedding, I moved back to Kentucky and, um, started a company with a friend and I just, I hated everything about the weddings we were booking. And like when I left that company, I was just like, I don't want to do weddings anymore ever again because I hate them. So why did, uh, why did you hate them? Um, we, I think my biggest problem was like my old partner, was more experienced than I was. So she was kind of like in charge of everything. And I have a problem with authority. So I didn't like, that didn't really work for me. Like I was, I never felt like I had time to pose or to like do anything with the couples. Um, We were booking like $400 weddings, which obviously is not the best. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) um, And like Kentucky is not the best place for weddings. Um, They're all pretty much an old, shitty barns no you know what that's so funny i was literally just having this conversation uh with my friend steven he he's a photographer out in indiana yeah and, it's the same thing it's mm-hmm. it all sucks the and midwest I, 
Yeah. yeah. And we had this conversation where like he is tired of shooting in barns, whereas like someone like me out here in California, you know, we're like, dude, that would be a dream to like be around. Oh, a barn. I will. I will literally send you my inquiries from now on. Um, <laughs> I'll take I them. have like. Oh, Wait, not so- the four hundred dollar ones, though. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. I'm also really sick of shooting in like distilleries and like. You know, I sh- I've done so many weddings at Buffalo Trace that I just want to like punch myself in the face. And I have another wedding at Buffalo Trace like later in the year. And I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I do understand. Like, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we we've been offered to be uh, what's it called? Uh, preferred vendors at at, yeah. at certain venues. And when I talk to my wife about it, you know, we're like. It's it almost sounds like a nightmare to be at the same place every weekend. You know, the reason we love doing this is because we get to see all these different places all the time. I get bored so easily, too. So, like, after I shoot at a venue, like, once or twice, I'm done with it. Like, I'm over it. I want nothing to do with it again because I'm just, you know, it's not going to help me with SEO. Like, of course, I can walk into that venue and, like, do, you know, what I normally do for the rest of my clients, but it's not going to like light a fire under me to be creative at all. Unless there's something weird happening, like weird weather or light or, you know, whatever. Um, like there's a venue, Saratoga Springs in San Jose. Have you been up there? No, not yet. I second shot a couple weddings up there with my friend Seth and, um, I really like that venue. So I would probably shoot there multiple times because it's like all redwoods and yeah. stuff. And I really like, you know, that sort of thing. But Kentucky venues are not there. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like one and done. Well, I definitely would like to get the experience shooting a, a venue <laughs> in a, in a <laughs> real form. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I have been up to the redwoods and it's something else up there, man. It's so yeah, cool. Right. That's why I love California so much. Like you have desert, you have ocean, you have redwoods, you have like mountains, you just, you have every sort of um, like geographical area area or whatever here. And I just, I need that in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I need to not be bored all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When did, uh, when did you start traveling for your, for your weddings? I shot my first destination wedding in um, 2015. It was in Captiva, Florida, um, and then I did a couple in 2016, but I really didn't start traveling heavily until um, last year. I did a couple in 2017, too, but last year was crazy. Like, I flew, by the end of the year, I'd almost flown, like, 60,000 miles, and, like, right now, you know, it's the end of April, and I've already flown over 30,000 miles, so I'm, yeah, it's... Most of my work's destination stuff now. So what have you done to market yourself as a destination photographer? I'm, yeah. I'm curious because like we, we've done maybe like two destination yeah. weddings and we're not trying to market ourselves as we like, we like home. We like being yeah. here. Uh, but not, you know, for those that are interested in, in, in trying to get out, how, how did you do it? I haven't done anything. <laughs> um, I I switched all my SEO. Like I work on my SEO a lot, which is still like it's really bad because I'm like 
in the process of trying to switch it to a much larger market. So I'm not even ranking anywhere, but like I'm listed on Junebug for out here. I'm listed on Fearless Photographers for out here. Um, I get a lot of like destination stuff from Instagram, but I don't understand that because I don't spend a lot of time um, doing a lot of like social media stuff or like interacting. So I guess hashtags maybe. I don't really put a lot of effort into it, though. Um, I think that's most of the destination photographers I know are the same way. They don't do a whole lot. Um, I just can't imagine putting more effort into anything right now. I feel like uh, when the destination photographers I have talked to have a very similar answer. Like, it kind of just happened. And then, yeah, it's it's weird, like. (laughs) I, my first wedding of the year was in Portland and, um, they found me on Instagram and they were like, Oh, so you live out here. I was like, no, but it's cool that you found me on Instagram for Portland. Um, but I've never actually shot a wedding there. Um, Mm. just like sessions on the beach, nothing terribly special, but Yeah. yeah, it's like this wedding this weekend is a friend of a friend. So, um, a lot of my destination stuff is referral based. So, um, that definitely helps. Uh, okay. So what about, um, international weddings? Have you done any international weddings? I second shot a wedding in Punta Cana last year. Um, I've done a couple sessions internationally, but I won't take like international couples. Um, I only shoot for like American couples for money, um, because it's like a legal thing. And I am kind of, I don't want to be that person that, just like goes to a country for like a citizen of that country and like takes people's work. Um, so I, yeah, I'm really weird about that sort of thing. Like even teaching in Italy, I was like, so what kind of visas are you guys going to get for us? Like, what do we need to do to be able to legally do this? Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those asshole photographers that does that, even though it's really cool and it's really great. And I don't care that other people do it. I would just feel morally, wrong doing it um so when I shot in Punta Cana I was like so what are like what visas do we need like what how is this like legally going to work for me since I'm just second shooting um and she was just like it's fine everything's great we've talked to the resort I was like okay so I'm not going down um I will take you down (laughs) (laughs) that's good that you're conscious about that I like that you're you know, you, you don't actually want to take that opportunity yeah. away from. I mean, you can get visas for stuff. Like if you can prove that you're, you can offer something that other people can't. And I feel like I could easily do that, especially with like my work with light and like having won awards and stuff. Like, I feel like it would be a little simpler for me to get a visa or be approved for it. But at the same time, like that's a huge step that I don't want to go through. Um, I'm really lazy. I don't want to do all that work just to shoot a wedding that I could be shooting in the States and be home like immediately after and not travel for like four hours. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, I think we were talking about when, um, so you hated doing photography at first. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, tell me how you started, you know, getting into doing it yourself. Um, when I, quit the other company, I um, I put together a style shoot with a friend and we were just shooting like a friend and then another friend of a friend um, together. 
And I posted those photos and immediately got like a couple inquiries for weddings that were with people that actually appreciated my work and that wanted to pay me for what I was doing. And they trusted me and all this stuff. And I, I was just like, okay, so let's try this. Um, and I booked a couple weddings that way. And then I booked a couple weddings because my last name is Potter and they're a bunch of Harry Potter nerds. Um, and <laughs> after shooting those weddings, I was like, okay, this is, this isn't bad. I really enjoy this now. Um, I just, want to make sure I'm shooting for the right people and not shooting $400 weddings anymore. And that, that just kind of like made my life a lot easier. And then I fell in love with weddings again. And that's all I ever want to do. Like the thought of doing like a single portrait session, like stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do do you think maybe if you guys had, cause it sounds like uh, you guys kept yourselves like at a certain demographic, maybe, I don't know. We shot, I, we did a couple weddings for like some of my college friends and like people she knew and like, I don't even know how to describe it because it was so long ago and she is a great photographer. I just didn't like the direction we were going in. Like I had no control and I am a control freak. So it sounds like you definitely just wanted to have your own business and and be able to run it. Like in the middle of like shooting weddings with her, we went to a Kara Kobus workshop in Minnesota and we camped for a couple of days and Kara had said something about like having to do your own thing. And then on our drive home, which was like a 12 hour drive home, I was like, okay, so I think I'm done with this now. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of made things a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on some of the stuff that you do. You're a photographer, you're an educator, you're a speaker, and you travel like crazy. How do you make time for all of that stuff? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I work a lot in airports and on planes. <laughs> That's the only way I'm able to keep up with, like, editing work. Um, I edit when I can. Like, I will sit down in the middle of, like, like, if I'm traveling for something and I just show up for the rehearsal, I'll sit down and, like, edit through the rehearsal um, just so I can, like, watch but also work at the same time. Um, I edit a lot in, like, airports and on airplanes. Like, I get really pissed off when airplanes don't have, like, plugins for my, you know, the my old ass MacBook um, because I need to replace it. But yeah, I just work when I can, which is all the time. Like (laughs) it sounds like it. (laughs) I woke up at like six 30 this morning and like got up and, you know, took a bath and then just like sat down and worked for a while. And yeah, I just, I, do you set like specific schedules for yourself or anything like that? I really can't because like I'm on the road so often, like, I was home for a week before coming out here. So like I just had to recharge and I laid in bed for a week and I edited like one session while I was home. Um, So for me, it's more important for me to be like on top of like my self care and to make sure I'm mentally well (laughs) before diving into work. Like if I know if I'm traveling, I'm fine. But if I'm home, I take a week or two off just to like, you know, recharge and, Reacclimate to whatever time zone I'm in. Yeah, you know that that brings up a, a a good thing. I I was curious about this. Like you're 
you're having to travel constantly and you said you, you focus on your well being. Um, I'm sure we've all had it when <laughs> you're, you have a wedding on the weekend and you just like, don't feel like going and it's not the couple, it's not the wedding, but you just don't feel like going. How do you do that with adding like travel and flights and everything on top of that? How do you handle that? I try. So I always give myself a buffer day in between a wedding and my flight, just in case flights get delayed or, um, there are travel things that happen. Um, and also so I can have like a full day in between the wedding and me flying, um, just to relax and, you know, take care of myself. I don't function well if I don't feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. But like, it's really easy for me to turn it on when I need to, and then turn it off like as soon as I'm done with the wedding. Um, Like this weekend, uh, I'm going to be at the venue for three days because I know them and like, I'm very introverted. So having to be around people that long, is going to like stress me out a lot. Um, But it's going to be worth it in the end. Like Monday, I'll be able to recharge a little bit before my next session. But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It's really (laughs) hard. (laughs) well that's good that you put a big focus on it though you know i i really have to like i i'm so introverted like i don't like being around people that much like i the last trip i had to fly to san francisco for a wedding and i was out here for a week and then flew from there to italy so i was around people for two weeks straight and by the time i got home like i cried in LaGuardia airport before my um, last flight back into Kentucky because like the woman at the counter was like, your bag's three pounds over. You got to take something out. And I was like, this is bullshit. And I just started crying. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> You're like, I just want to be home. <laughs> I just want to be home. I've been traveling for like 30 hours. I've been around people for two weeks and you're being a twat. And I hate you. <laughs> But you recovered, right? You're okay now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As soon as I got home, I like, I'm, I had to make myself stay up because I was on like two red eyes back to back. Um, so I had to make myself stay up because I got home at like 11 a.m. I was like, I am staying up until like 10 just so I can sleep. Oh, man. So, yeah. That sounds, that sounds rough. <laughs> it was not fun. So. So, okay, as a traveling, uh, as a destination photographer, how do you find your second shooters? Do you have specific people that you take with you or do you reach out to people where you're going? I don't like having second shooters. I don't normally work with them. Um, If I have to have someone, I'll fly in a friend Mm -hmm. that I trust. But otherwise, I don't pick just random people in destinations because I can't, like, guarantee the work. I can't guarantee that they're not going to like piss me off through the day or (laughs) annoy me or expect me to teach them all day. So, um, I'll, I have a couple of friends that I fly in, um, from like all over the country. So, but for the most part, my second shooter price is pretty high. So I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. 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 So you're super introverted and you don't bring anybody with you to, to deal with every everything. No. <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm a very odd bird. You know what, though? I will say, um, you know, my wife and I shoot together. And if she's not free, I, I typically have uh, a couple second shooters that I work with. Yeah. And they're really close friends of mine. So, I mean, we just have fun when we do it. Um, but a couple weddings throughout the year, I will shoot you know, just completely by myself. And it's normally like a six hour day 
just hired me and they're just as fun. You know, I feel like I could use the extra help sometimes, but yeah. they're, they're pretty fun just kind of doing it on your own. There, there have only been like one or two weddings my entire career where I've had to have a second shooter. Like it was necessary because timelines <laughs> ran over or whatever. But even in those instances, like my second shooters dropped the ball. So like, it's just, I make the time to do everything um, because I don't want to have to depend on someone else to do my work. And I also like, I don't trust a lot of people because a lot of people don't shoot the same way I do. So like having to edit someone else's files is normally pretty frustrating. Um, yeah, I know my, my wife gets frustrated editing my files as well. Yeah. I, <laughs> and a lot of my friends shoot Nikon. So I'm just like, I, can you please just use my third body yeah. and shoot on Canon for the day? But <laughs> All right, so you were at WPPI this year. I had some questions about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience uh, Experience there. You were one of the panelists, right? Yeah, tell us a little bit about how, how that went. Uh, it went. I was really nervous about it, but thank God my panel was at like 8 a.m., so a lot of people didn't like show up until like the middle of the panel, so <laughs> it wasn't as bad. And so like by the time I got comfortable talking into a mic in a full room, mm-hmm. like um, – that's when people like showed up, but it was really great. Um, it was my first time going, so I didn't know what to expect Yeah, really. Um, but the panel was great. I was on the, they put me on the social media panel, which is funny because I don't like social media that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which is probably why they put me on that one. That's pretty cool. I mean, then you can get like, uh, opposing opinions on, on it as well too. Yeah. It was <laughs> quite a few opposing opinions. <laughs> Well, I'll get into that right now, but um, it was your first time at WPPI? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I never wanted to go before. For, so. for those uh, who don't really know about WPPI, can you explain a little bit about what it is? Um, for me, it was just like seeing all my friends at a conference, yeah. but it was basically, it's like this huge conference where they have like vendors coming and you can like check out all the work and like albums and bags and, you know gallery hosting companies and like all this stuff and then you have like all the learning like the speakers you know talking about different things and then they started the rise and shine thing for the rising 30 people um which was really cool so they just had different panels for like every day of the conference and then they also had like mentors for that too which was really neat um I would really like to go back actually just to like give it my full attention because I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, I'm curious to what, uh, I mean, you talked about social media there, but what are some, and this might be just in general too, what are some of the major topics that, that have come up this year there or just, you know, maybe at events that you've gone to or photographers reaching out to you? What what have you been seeing this year? What Like what people want to learn or? Uh, no, like what major topics? Like I know, you know, every year there's like, I'm sure social media was a big topic this year. Yeah. Was there anything else that, that you saw like a consistent conversation about? I didn't really go to a lot. I didn't go to any of the speaker things. Okay. I really only went to the mentoring thing to sit through um, Tim and Laura Sullivan stuff because I love them and their friends. But um, a lot of people I think are interested in, um, creating more intimacy with their clients, which was one of the topics at the Italy workshop. Um, 
light is another big thing because people are terrified of light um, for some reason. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I haven't really been paying a lot of attention to that stuff. I, I was a really bad panelist at WPPI. No, I literally no. did the bare minimum that <laughs> I had to do. I, I doubt that. <laughs> I, well, like a lot of the emails got buried in like um, spam and like the promotional fo- folder. So some of us didn't even know we were supposed to go to some of the events because mm. we didn't even see the emails. So like I didn't even know there was an award show until the award show was almost over. And I was like, oh, fuck, I was supposed to be there. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> like... And I like looked through my spam folder and it was in spam. I was like, oh, so this is why yeah. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, like I haven't been paying a lot of attention to like other things really because it, the industry is stressing me out a lot because people are stupid. And just... <laughs> so, you know what, since, since, uh, since we brought that up, let's, <laughs> let's talk about social media. What's your, uh, what's your opinion on social media? It's so stupid. (laughs) I'm so sick of like having to like stare at my phone or feeling bad because I haven't posted on a day or just like putting in effort for things that don't matter. Um, because you have to do it because you are a business and like, especially me because I am switching markets. Like I'm not established here, so I can't just rely on like SEO or Google to get me work. Like I have to put in the effort for Instagram, um, no one really cares about Facebook anymore, so that doesn't matter. Um, but, like, I hate just, I hate how connected I have to be to my phone at all times because of social media. Like, my phone's going off right now, and I'm, like, getting all kinds of, like, Instagram notifications, and it's just, like, I just go away. Is there is there a way to, like, detach yourself from the negative aspects of social media and just concentrate on the business side? I've been working on that. Um, I actually just split my accounts up. Like I have an education account on social media now. And then I have like my main account um, that I'm transitioning back to only client stuff. Like I don't want to, I want to separate it because I feel like I was getting too far away from my clients for a while. And I was focusing more on photographers and what photographers wanted and not what future clients or my current clients wanted on my feed. So I split my account. So I'm like trying to, again, be conscious of what I'm doing online um, because I am very outspoken about industry problems. So I'm trying not to put that on my main Instagram feed anymore um, because I do feel like it did drive a wedge between me and some of my clients. Yeah. So just being conscious about all that bullshit, man. Just, I don't know. I... I love when I fly because I can just turn off my phone. Um, that's like the best time and yeah. be like, Oh, sorry, I'm traveling. I can't talk right now. Like I did that to a friend this morning. Yeah. Um, as he was like trying to get me to tell him like two fun things or like two things I was thankful for. I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thankful for anything right now. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> well, I know, I know for, for me, like I'm pretty, terrible at Instagram because, uh, I mean, there was a time where I was trying to get a ton of followers and I did focus on, you know, getting my numbers up. 
I still try to get some engagement on uh, some more engagement on on our work. But when I say I'm bad at it is because I there'll be days where I just won't care and I'll just I'll be like, whatever. It, it, it really d- does it matter. You know, like I know I should be staying on top of it, but some days I just I just don't even want to deal with it. Like when I travel, I rarely post like I was gone for two and a half weeks over the winter um, just because I had to clear my head and get away from everything. Um, and I think I posted maybe one or two times the entire mm-hmm. time I was gone. I kept up with like Instagram stories. Um just to be that asshole that brags about traveling. But for the most part, like if I'm on the road, I don't keep up with it at all. Like I used to be very strict about like posting at the same time every day and like posting every single day and doing all this stuff. And if people ask me what to do to like gain a following, that's what I tell them to do. But I don't necessarily follow through with that anymore. It was a lot more important to me when I was first starting than it is now. Like now I just, I guess I just see social media for what it is. It's a tool. It's not like a lifestyle. Like I'm not out here trying to live authentically for Instagram. I'm just trying to like, you know, not be stressed out all the time while I'm on the road or, you know, not live my life on my phone. Yeah. So it's, and that's basically where we differed on the panel a lot too. Cause I, it's never like maybe when I first started out, I thought it would be really cool to have like 2000 followers. And now I'm just like, Oh, I have like 7,500 and I don't even care. Like those people are photographers. Like they're not getting any work. Yeah. Um, they're not, I mean, they help boost my stuff, but they're not the people paying me for the most part. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me about a follower count as long as I have like, real people following me yeah so um what do you do to uh to get more clients like how do you manage your social media now to to, like focus just on your clientele versus you know everything else? i'm trying to be um with my captions especially i'm trying to like gear it towards clients and be like oh where would you elope if you could i try to ask questions to get people engaged on my posts even if i'm not necessarily going to interact right away with them Um, because I do have like on my main account I have my notifications turned off unless I get a message so a lot of times I just post and then um, turn Instagram off and then open it later on and like answer and reply to people but I'm just trying to like you know talk to my clients and talk to people that might hire me or might have like friends that are getting married instead of like talking about photography stuff like no one cares about what camera I have where they shouldn't um and no one really cares about the way I work with light as long as I give them good photos like they don't understand any of that for the most part um so I'm just trying to be like I know let's see I'm pulling up Instagram right now like I posted today um, a photo of the couple I'm shooting this weekend and just posted that I was really excited about it. And then the photo before that I posted, um, a photo of a dad crying after he saw his daughter for the first time. Um, and I was just like, I wrote something up about not creating the moments at your wedding and just letting things happen. And I just talked about that for a minute in my caption. And, you know, before that, it was the Easter post and I was just being nice about Easter. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying not to make it industry 
bullshit anymore. Um, no, I think so. I think that, and you know what, for for everyone else, that alone is a pretty solid tip. Just gearing your your captions towards your clients because that's who you're yeah. after, essentially, right? Yeah, and uh, like that's why I split my accounts because like I can have like the education side, and my clients don't have to see that um, because you know they some of them think it's really cool that I've been in like the mag like rangefinder and like I am speaking at a lot of things this year and they think it's cool and they appreciate it, but that's not necessarily why they booked me. Like I think on my website, the only thing I have on my front page is like, I just have the rangefinder thing slapped on a photo that wasn't even in the competition. Um, and that's it beside, unless you go dig through like my about page. Yeah. Um, because it's not important for someone to hire me. Like they don't care about that stuff. Yeah. They only care if it's them being featured. Very true. Speaking about your website, you have a really awesome website. Thank you. It looks really good. Thank you. It it looks like you put a ton of work into it. I spent like two weeks in, I think January working on it because, um, I didn't have a lot of text on my website. Like I redid my website like last fall and got the new theme and everything. And like, didn't put that much effort into like writing out my copy. And, um, I didn't, like take the time to like gear my website towards my clients. And, you know, in like January, February, I was like, Oh shit, I really need to like get on this because I'm probably like turning people away because I'm not talking about what I'm offering and what I can do for them. I'm only talking about, um, what they get. Like they don't, they know they're going to get cool photos hopefully if they look at my website um but they don't know like what the experience is going to be like i want i want them to like by the time they get to my pricing page i want them to be ready to book yeah um regardless of price so that's like i try to be very detailed in every little page that i put on my website whenever you did it I think you do. You lay everything down very straight, very straightforward. You're like, this is the kind of photographer I am. This is yeah. exactly what you can expect. And uh, if I'm not for you, that's cool. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to focus more on the client experience right now than I am just like shooting weddings. Like I have the past couple of years because I want my clients to have a really good experience. I don't want them to walk into this not knowing how it's gonna go like I have I'm working on like a huge client guide with like things that a lot of people don't even put in their client guides like I'm working on like a light guide for my clients so they know like how I shoot and like what type of light for what part of the day is best but it's not necessarily um, needed if they decide they want to get married outside at 12 p.m. Um, in the middle of summer like yeah. I can still shoot that and it'll be fine but Um, I just think it's important for us to be more open and willing to educate our clients um, because a lot of people don't do that. And that's when they get in these sticky situations where people get mad at them over something that they could have explained better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're very straightforward with your clients, but you know, they, they know what they're getting themselves into too. Trying to be better about it. Yeah. For sure. So uh, what kind of advice would you share with photographers on creating a great website? Oh, man. I don't know. Like, when I do website uh, reviews for people, I just tell them to pick out, like, their five favorite photographers um, and go to their websites and make a list of things they like and what they don't like about their website. Um, and then take that 
And, you know, obviously don't copy other people's stuff because that's terrible, but like take that information of what they like um, and they're mainly their dislikes of the other people's websites and implement that into their own. Like I looked at, um, when I was redoing everything, I looked at the way India Earl had hers set up. Um, I love her website and I really want Flow Themes to like do a custom site for me now after looking at hers. <laughs> um, I looked through her website a lot because it's so detailed and personal and I really love and respect that about um, her website because I know she doesn't take on a ton of clients anymore but it's still like you know it's about them and not about her yeah. um, and a lot of photographers have this thing where they just want to talk about themselves on their websites and you can't do that you're going to drive people away that's, so. pretty, that's pretty solid advice right yeah. there I love it yeah. <laughs> now I was really curious about the the whole social media thing because uh, you know we have uh, I think as far as our, our clientele goes, we have a pretty strong presence on social media because uh, we look at our traffic and it's split down the middle. It's 50% of our traffic comes through our website and the other 50% comes through our Instagram. Yeah. And we're always, you know, trying to get that information. We're talking to our clients about it. We just booked a wedding for next year and this couple literally found us through a hashtag on Instagram. So that's why I was very curious about like your thoughts on Instagram. I know it works to get work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it works to get work. <laughs> um, as far as hashtags go, I have like multiple different lists of hashtags saved in a note on my phone. So I can just like copy and paste. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to do put in that much effort for it anymore. Um, it just depends on the photo of which hashtags yeah. I use. I try to, I actually like started going through like, you know, magazine, like local magazine, um, Instagram accounts, and then clicking through and seeing what like real clients were saying and see what they were hashtagging, um, to pick hashtags. So, um, I just wanted to make sure I was using things for the most part that they were seeing and not just what other industry professionals were seeing. And that's a tip for me. <laughs> no, that's a good tip. I like that. Uh, that's smart. I never even really, really thought thought about it that way. Yeah, I know. I'm always looking for stuff just like wedding related in general that would suit the the area. You know. Yeah. So. Well, another tip, like go to like the local magazines. Um, I don't know if LA has any. Yeah, I haven't really dived into that. Um, yeah, I need some time when I get home to do that. But um, go to like local, like bridal shop, Instagram accounts and stuff and like click and see who's common and like their photo. And if they look like real people and not a photographer industry person, yeah. go to their profile. And if it's not on um, private, just like a couple of their most recent photos and that will put you, you know, they might see that and click through your Instagram. Yep. If they're looking at like wedding stuff, they're probably getting married or know someone that's getting married. Yeah. Yeah, you'll 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 dive right into their radar. <laughs> yeah. Um you got you got a lot of stuff coming up. <laughs> uh one of the ones that <laughs> you're like don't, don't remind me. <laughs> uh but one of the ones that stood out was one of the workshops is is uh this workshop doesn't suck. <laughs> that's mine. That's that yours. Is, yeah, that's mine. Okay. Um that's me and uh, my friend Kendall. Um she's in Idaho. Yeah. But um 
we decided early last year we wanted to put on a workshop and then we got busy and we didn't really talk about it until the summer and then we were talking about it and I was like I just really want a workshop that doesn't suck and I was talking to Nicole from Junebug and I was telling her about it and I was like I wish I could name it this workshop doesn't suck and she was like you totally should and so we did (laughs) and hopefully it doesn't suck (laughs) it's a great name I love the name for it so bad if it's really bad (laughs) (laughs) so tell us a little bit about the workshop so we we decided early on we wanted to pick people um, to come teach that didn't that weren't rock stars in the industry. Like it's really cool to get the really popular people to come, but like one, we're not going to have the budget for that the first time around, and two, like we want people to come because they want to learn, not because they want to try to befriend these you know these famous people in our industry. So. Um, we pick people that we know have a lot to teach. So we have like my friend Seth that's in Redlands. He's coming to teach intimacy w- between his clients, which I heard his talk in Italy last week and it was really, really good. So I'm really happy. Um, and then Kendall's going to talk about client experience because she's really good about that. And then our friend Dan, who is literally not active on social media, is going to teach Instagram ads because he has he posts like once every six months and he gets all of his clients from Instagram ads, like so many clients. It's ridiculous. Um, and then do you know Paul Wu? Paul Wu? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Okay. Well, he's coming. I don't know what he's going to talk about, but he's going to talk about something. (laughs) Um, and then we have a videography team coming to talk, um, about working together. So like how they, work with a partner and are married to that partner. So it's going to be like real information. I'm going to teach light again. So um, we'll be doing a couple of shoots, but we're also going to have like laser tag and a Halloween party. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty awesome. Oh, that's right. It's in October, huh? Yeah, it's at the end of October. So it's going to be really great. It sounds like a lot of fun. What what is... I I was just going to say I'm really excited about it. We need to like really start putting effort into it but um we i've been really busy and so is kindle so i think when i get home from this trip we're gonna like start pushing it more and where where is it gonna be at uh clay ellum washington it's a little south of seattle um it was we wanted to do it around seattle but it was clay ellum was like the only place we could find a house big enough Mm. to host like 30 people so um but it's like a private little property so there's like a ton of woods around it so it's going to be hopefully secluded um from what the listing said so you guys are just going to take all these people to the middle of the woods somewhere in washington (laughs) that's not scary at all (laughs) at least it's not like west virginia (laughs) deliverance or something oh my god what are uh what are some of the other events that you're going to be doing this year um i've been hosting small retreats so like a small like two day um thing where like people just come and hang out and we shoot and they are free to ask me whatever they want and we can like just learn from each other and hang out in like a really relaxed environment um i'm doing one of the, i did one in kentucky in march i'm doing another one in sedona in september um i was supposed to be teaching or being an advocate at ramble in may but they're moving the dates to the fall um ramble's another really great like they don't want it to be called a workshop, but it's, I mean, that's the easiest way to explain it, yeah. but it, it's really amazing. Like I 
gone to all of them as an attendee. And it's just like camping and hanging out and like learning again in a relaxed environment. Um, and then I'm, let's see, doing our workshop. And then um, there's a one day workshop in Asheville in December um, called Roads End Workshop. It's like a new thing, um, but I'm going to that one as well. Well, it so. sounds like you're pretty busy this year. <laughs> I might actually be doing another one in like Arkansas in June, but they haven't gotten back to me yet, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> so, what do you think uh, should uh, should what do you think photographers should look for when looking to join like a workshop? I think they need to look for um, like what people are teaching, and not so much like who is teaching. Um, I think we get so caught up in the rock star mentality that we leave disappointed from these workshops like I know multiple multiple people that have attended workshops for you know these famous people in the industry and they come away from it super disappointed and upset that they wasted their money um I think it's important for us to be like our um our workshop website we put a lot of effort into the copy so people would know exactly what they're doing or getting into um when they sign up like with my website, I wanted it to be very personal, and I feel like a lot of workshops don't do that. Um, so you don't really know what's going on until you get there. Yeah. Just do your research. Don't just go somewhere because someone famous is teaching. Yeah. Because they might be a shit teacher. Yeah. Um, well, you're very straightforward about everything, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I actually really love that about you. That uh, your work speaks for itself, and then again, you're straightforward about everything. You're not afraid to speak your mind. No, um, I yeah, I can't get behind the people that just like sugarcoat things. And yeah. I'm a my enneagram type is an eight wing of seven, so I'm the challenger. So <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> No, this, uh, this has yeah. been, this has been really great. I think, uh, you know, this, you also help, uh, people open up their eyes to certain things, you know? Yeah. So it's really important. Um, Brandy, it's been a pleasure talking with you about all this stuff. Thank you so much again. Uh, can you tell people where they can find your work or where they can go and find out more about yeah. your workshops and all that stuff? Um, so no one cares about Facebook, but, um, my Instagram accounts are at Brandy Potter photo and then at Brandy Potter education, um, for like photographer sort of things. Um, I actually have an education page on my website, which is Brandy Potter photo.com. I had to think about that. That's, that's sad. <laughs> uh, but like the presets, like all my tutorials and like my presets I sell, I donate half of that to charity. So, um, yeah, so just know that if you decide to purchase anything, you're, you know, you're helping someone. That's really cool that you do that. What what do you what uh, charity do you have going on right now? Sure, I haven't even thought about April. I'm so behind on everything. I, um, so far I've done the Trevor Project was the first one, and then I did the um, in the backlog, which is for rape kits because they sit in, you know police stations for years without being tested and then the nature conservancy and the homeless coalition. So I need to, you know, it's the end of April. So I need to like nail down who I'm giving money to at the end of the month. What what was the backlog one in the backlog? It's for rape kits, like untested rape kits. I ended up donating like $850 to that. So yeah. And what was the last one you said after nature conservancy? Um, the homeless coalition was March. 
February is Nature Conservancy. March was Homeless Coalition. Yep. I um, I'm gonna add a link to all those charities. Okay. So anybody that's listening, if you guys want to reach out to some of these charities and take a look at what they're about, and even just donate some money. Yeah, um, and if, yeah. If people have suggestions for who I should pick, um, I'm a little behind on that on those things. Like I need to sit down and like get through all of that stuff in the past couple of months because I've been yeah. on the road. But if they have suggestions for anything. They can just like email me and tell me like their favorite charities. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it yourself, guys. Go go reach out to Brandy and <laughs> give her some suggestions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandy. Well, thanks for coming on here. Uh, mm-hmm. Really appreciate you taking the time. It's been really fun. And that's it, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. This has been episode 50. Uh, I am so happy we made it here and we made it here because of you. So thank you guys again. And remember, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can just subscribe. uh, Leave me a five star rating. Leave me a review. uh, Share the podcast with everybody. Uh, All this helps uh, with the podcast becoming more discoverable for others to find. And if you guys have any questions or anything that you guys want to hear on the podcast, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Wedding Photo Podcast. You can also join the Facebook group where we have a growing community of wedding photographers who talk about uh, where we're talking about different topics uh, that are photography and wedding photography related. So thanks again, guys, for listening, and we will see you guys on the next one.